Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Shukri Wright Show here on 91.5 FM WMFO Medford. This is Shukri Wright. We're going to start up the show, a special edition for one hour today until 2 o'clock. It's Patriots game day. And guess what? I'm here. The game's in, a three and a, in about three and a half hours, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Be here for the next hour or so. So here we go. Welcome to the Shukri Right Show, everybody. On this sun, on this rainy, I was going to say sunny, but well, it's sunny above the clouds, but below the clouds, it's rainy outside. In the Boston area, on a NFL Sunday, week eight. And believe it or not, we've hit the halfway mark of the season already. And the Patriots, in about three and a half hours, at 425 Eastern Time, 125 Pacific, they will be playing the Cleveland Browns down in Gillette Stadium. And a game in which there's no shortage of headlines. And I'm going to go through it piece by piece, little by little. Because frankly, it's been quite an eventful week for the New England Patriots. So let's get to it. Number one. They decided that Josh Gordon was going to be released once he gets healthy, once he returns off IR. That's one. Two, Michael Bennett was traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a seventh-round pick in 2021 that can become a sixth-round pick based on the, the conditions that was agreed upon between the Patriots and Cowboys. Thirdly, Jarvis Landry doesn't know how to shut up. And just play. Because if you haven't heard by now, there has been a lot of talk and discussion in regards to how and how badly the the Cleveland Browns are going to beat the Patriots. Let's face it. The fact that he said that we're going to win. I mean, I commend you for your confidence and I commend you for a lot of things. But I can't what I can't commend you on is for your stupidity. I'm going to just be very honest. I just can't. And you're going up against, I need no, no, I need no like introduction in the New England Patriots, 7-0, best team in the league right now, defensively. And the last thing you want to do is give this team any type of bulletin board material. And it's just, it's just a bad way to get, the week uh, going and in about three hours time the Patriots have another test on their hands against the Cleveland Browns because let's face it this offense for the Cleveland Browns although it has underachieved at this point they have shown that they have an ability to be explosive they already had a 500 yard offensive explosion earlier in the season and already has had a 400-yard game as well offensively. 
So this is combined between the, the passing and the rushing. So they've shown the ability already that they can ex- have an explosive game and an explosive attack. So let's not underestimate this Cleveland Browns offense because, listen, they do have they, – they got ballers. There's no question. I want to get into Baker Mayfield in just a little bit because, frankly, he really rubs me the wrong way at this point. And I'm going to tell you why. But just hang tight. You can call into the show at 855-915-WMFO. It's 855-915-9636. There's something about this game that tells me it can go either one of two ways. Because, number one, the rain is a factor. It's going to be raining pretty badly for the remainder of the day, leading into the game and even through the game. So the rain will be a factor. But the game will go either one of two ways. One, in terms of Patriots' perspective, it'll go that they really get their run game going, which at times had been inconsistent. And secondly, they finally figure out the passing attack. You know, and Brady has been frustrated with the with the um with the evolving of the, the wide receiving core and that there hasn't been a whole lot of stability from that group this whole season so far. It can go the other way for the Cleveland Browns in which, hey, maybe all that talk was was not for nothing. And that defensively, listen, defensively, they shouldn't be overlooked either. This is a team that has some pretty good pass rushes on, on its defensive line. And after all, this Cleveland team, despite the fact that they've underachieved so far in this first half, they can, if they really get out of their own way, make make a run. Will they beat the Patriots today? I, I still I still don't think so. But ultimately, you have to consider the fact that the Patriots never overlook anybody. That's just not in their mo. That's not in their DNA. So when we look at the Patriots in this game. Overall, there's a couple things I'm going to be looking out for. Number one, the one thing I'm going to be looking out for is this. Are they going to continue to mix in, mix the, the play calling between the running and the passing, considering the weather and the elements? Or two, are they going to continue and I think they will, but are they going to continue their defensive dominance so far in this first half, which has been nothing short of historic? This defense has allowed 6.8 points per game. And that's, we can't even sit here and say how good that is at this point. We have to start looking at it through a historic lens. And that's where we are with this defense. Not to mention that they've only allowed one passing touchdown through the air this entire season. So, yeah, we can sit here and throw all the superlatives at the New England Patriots defense, and rightfully so, while at the same time acknowledge that the Patriots right now, they are not really fully firing at all cylinders, and that's what's scary. 
defensively they've been they've been I mean beyond exceptional. Offensively, although we've we've watched a couple of blowout wins and so forth d- during the season so far, and even Brady has admit they haven't really put it all together. They just they haven't. You go back and watch the games. And this is why I feel like today's game is going to be so much fun to watch. Because now, a part of the headlines this week, the Patriots went out and acquired Mohamed Tanu, who's going to be making his Patriots debut today. Now, he's only been here four days. So, we're not necessarily sure exactly what to expect. But one thing that I am hoping for is that he'll be able to contribute right away. And I think he will. I think he can. I think he will. But to what extent? What's his best strength in terms of what he can bring to the offense? He's a good slot receiver. W- would you use him as a as a home run home run threat along 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 the hashes? You could, but that remains to be seen. Especially, uh, we have to wait and see how the flow of the game goes. Especially this afternoon. You can call into the show again, as always, at 855-915-WMFO. It's 855-915-9636. I mean, there's a lot that that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns for a bit. Because Baker Mayfield is something I, I have to talk about. Baker Mayfield is a guy who, at this point, very polarizing figure in the NFL. Cocky, immature. He's got skills. It's no question. He's an okay young quarterback who's been overhyped. That's what he is. Because let's face it, he's played 19 games so far in the NFL, going back to last season when he's when he made his debut when he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. And in those 19 games. He's thrown 25 interceptions. And if you were listening to the Sugar Wright Show, the Friday night special edition just passed two days ago, one of the things that I mentioned was for a guy who has accomplished absolutely nothing and has a losing record through 19 games, he's done a lot more advertising than he really should be. Allow me to explain. When you come into the league and you are an unproven commodity, the last thing you want, the last thing you should be doing is shooting a bunch of commercials, proclaiming yourself non-verbally that you are the next big thing because that's, that's exactly what he's done. I don't think he's come out and actually said it. I mean, he's come close, but he hasn't actually said it. But in the way that he carries himself and in the way that he portrays himself, especially in press conferences, I don't like it at all. Number one, you are the guy in the locker room that everyone is supposed to be looking to, to lead. What kind of leadership skills have you demonstrated at this point? I don't see it. I can't even call you a leader. 
if anything, you are part of what is wrong with the new generation of of talented athletes. You get to where you've dreamed of and you begin to settle on on what you've done. And that's nothing. You've done absolutely nothing. And a part of what disgusts me is what Baker Mayfield is this. For a guy who I had concerns of, especially in the NFL draft, going into the 2018 NFL draft, you know, the whole grabbing himself like on, on national TV, the whole misconduct and the way he's carried himself, all of those things are legitimate concerns. And one thing that I, I just don't like about him as a quarterback is you've already shown your true colors. You've shown your true colors in who you really are when the going gets tough. Because let's face it, there's a lot more turmoil than what we're seeing right now through the media in that Browns locker room. Because let's face it, they have grossly underachieved. They have not done anything up to this point. And they, they, ha- they are below 500 right now. So what exactly do they have to show forth? I know there's a lot of football left. There's about eight weeks left in the season. I get it. But you're into this game two and four. And I can't even begin to emphasize if the Cleveland Browns are going to make a playoff push and they have the talent to do it, they really have to eliminate the distractions, cut out the nonsense, and just focus on football. And I feel like for a player who's underachieved, doesn't carry himself in the way that he should, he's let the organization down. I strongly feel that. And I'll allow me to explain. For a franchise that has never won, for a team that doesn't know how to win, you bring in the first-year head coach into, into the locker room. You have a lot of talent. You, bring in, you, you trade for Odell Beckham Jr., in which you shipped out Jabril Preppers, Peppers to the Giants. And then on top of that, you bring in all this talent. You have a, a lot of talent on the team. And you have all these outside expectations and the hype is real in Cleveland. This team is for real. This team is going to go a, lot, go a lot of places. I've been saying throughout the summer, even during training camp, that there's trouble brewing and I don't like what I see. You have never won anything you don't know how to win. Yet, the way that you're carrying yourselves is troubling. And so far through the first six games, I haven't been proven wrong at all. And I'm telling you, if for those out here in in Boston, in the Boston area, in New England, watch the game today against the Cleveland Browns. You're going to see an awful lot of what Baker Mayfield has been so far. It's only going to be amplified because of who he's playing against. Is he going to put up yards? Maybe. But will he be able to do much against this against this outstanding Patriots defense? I don't know. 
And especially, he's going up against the boogeyman. And for those that don't know, the boogeyman, they are the nickname of the Patriot defensive front. And, and it's so befitting that we're here we are four days before Halloween that they spook the living daylights out of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I think they will. But I'm going to do all of you guys a, a special favor. And you know, those that are tuned in live to the show, I want to give you a scoreboard update. This is brought to you by yours truly, Shukri Rights. The NFL Week 8 scoreboard. Here we go. On this Sunday afternoon, Broncos there in Indianapolis, 833 left in the first. No score there. Buccaneers there in Tennessee, they're already up 3 nothing. First quarter, 957 remaining. Arizona and New Orleans, Drew Brees' return. First quarter, no score, 750 remaining in the first. The Bengals, they're in L.A. They are actually over in London right now. No score, first quarter, 1042 remaining. And the Jaguars are already leading. <laughs> they're already leading 6 nothing over the New York Jets with 8-11 remaining in the first quarter. Giants, they're in Detroit taking on the Lions. They're leading 7-0, first quarter, 7-12 remaining of that one. The Chargers, Bears, scoreless in that one. In Chicago, first quarter, 8-42 remaining. First quarter between the Eagles and the Bills, they are scoreless there as well in Buffalo. Seattle and Atlanta. Seattle's up 3-0, first quarter, 9-23 remaining. And in the later games today, yet the Panthers, they're in, they're in San Fran to take on the 6-0 San Francisco 49ers, that's at 4.05. And then our game, locally, the Patriots, 4.25 Eastern, home against the, the Cleveland Browns, 2-4. and four. Sunday at 4.25, well, that's today, obviously. The Oakland Raiders, they're in Houston. They're taking on the Houston Texans at 4.25. And then on Sunday Night Football, it's a, it's a marquee matchup. You got Green Bay, Kansas City. 820 Eastern, and then the Monday night game at the, yeah, the Miami Dolphins against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're going to take a step, a quick break. When we return, I am excited to talk about the following. It's a special anniversary in Boston, and I don't know how many of you remember, unless you are a hardcore sports fan, but today is a very special anniversary. I'm going to tell you exactly what that is. When we return from break, you're listening to The Shukri Wright Show. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO, Medford. It's us, Freeform Radio. How do you dispose of cigarettes? Well, that's part of plants. Really? Fertilizer and dried plant roots can catch fire. Trash cans okay? Please. All that trash can easily catch fire. So off my porch is a bad idea. Cigarettes tossed into mulch, leaves, and grass start many fires. Fire can grow up the side of a building before anyone notices. Fine. Bucket of sand? That's perfect. Put it out. All the way. Every time. To learn more? 
Go to mass.gov slash DFS. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show. It's the Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO, Medford, Touch Free From Radio. Yeah, 
today's that kind of day. I'm in the mood for Bob Marley. I actually grew up being a big fan of his. And on this rainy Sunday, what better way to relax, chill, you know, tune into the show as well, you know, hear a little Bob Marley. But today, if you're a New Englander, is no, this is no ordinary day. It's no ordinary day at all. And I'm going to tell you why. You know, if you grew up here and you follow baseball and you follow the Red Sox, you understand that for, there was a once, there was one point in time that you were a long suffering fan. <laughs> you were. And today is a very special anniversary, and it would do me a disservice, especially as a sports radio talk show host, to not mention it and at least pay homage to this day. Now, you may remember, and I do say may, maybe, you may remember a moment that happened 15 years ago today that it's only befitting that I allow you to relive that moment. This is October 27th, 2004. Bottom of the ninth, St. Louis, Red Sox Cardinals, Game 4, 2004 World Series. Enjoy. No stolen base. That was Joe Buck on Fox uh, with the call. Fortunately, I got to admit, even as a Yankee fan, it irritates my soul when you got to relive that particular moment because as part of that moment, the Red Sox became the first and only team to ever come back from an 0-3 deficit in the ALCS to win a series, win a playoff series for the fact of the matter. And you know what? I'm a sports fan, first and foremost. And today is 15 years ago that the Red Sox brought their 86-year curse to win the 2004 World Series. And I got to admit, as a sports fan, it was pretty cool. It was pretty, it was pretty cool, especially considering the circumstances that were involved. You obviously remember the Angels series. Red Sox won that series on a walk-off horn by David Ortiz. And, and then you fall behind 0-3 to the New York Yankees. And then that memorable walk in the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees leading 4-3 with three outs remaining to advance to the World Series. Rivera walks Kevin Millar. And then you may remember some guy named David Roberts who pinch ran for Millar at first. And then Dave Roberts has the most, the single most important stolen base 
in in history, without question. That single that stolen base changed the game. Consequently, the remainder of the series, as we all know. And then the Red Sox go on to win the World Series and break their 86-year curse. So, if you want to talk about the Patriots or even reminisce 15 years ago today, that magical moment that Boston and New England had waited for for 86 years, you can call into the show. 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. But in the meanwhile, we're going to talk... We're going to talk some Bruins. And last night, I know it was a rematch of the, of the Stanley Cup Finals against the St. Louis Blues. And let's face it, a lot of us are still incredibly bitter over how Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals took place in that very same building on that very same ice. We are. But last night was a rematch. It was a regular season game. And let's face it, it was very clear from jump start that this was no regular um this was no regular regular season game at all. You know, Zidane Charles with the big hit to set the tone early, and then David Pasternak continuing his hot streak scoring yet another goal. And he's he now has I believe correctly eleven goals on the season. Which is which is completely amazing. It's amazing when you talk about what this guy has done so far in their in their, in their onset. Just in terms of an individual effort, you talk about a guy who seemingly has gotten better, and I think it's not out of the realm that he could score maybe forty or even fifty goals this season. It's not, but let's not get carried away. It was a great win. For this team that wanted to seek a little redemption, and and it and it still doesn't take away the pain of the fact that the Bruins st- should have won that game seven back on June twelfth. But in terms of the regular season, there's another two points and another outstanding performance by Tuukka Rask, who made twenty six save in the game, and and earned a second shutout. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's a great win for the Bruins, who are now in New York. They're going to be taking on the New York Rangers tonight, as a matter of fact, at 7 o'clock. Another team that expects to contend in the East uh, this season, considering the offseason moves that they made. Whether if it was acquiring Jacob Truba from the Winnipeg Jets to signing free agent Artemi Panarin. And as well as the young, the young um, talent they ha- that they brought in, especially um, with the second overall um, selection, Capo Caco. Hope I said his name right. So tonight's game is going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch. You know, you know, an original six matchup as always is always fun to watch, but down in New York at MSG. So that's tonight at seven. And you know, and I gotta admit, we talk. I was talking about the Bruins on Friday night, you know, and here they are. They're now seven one and two, off to a actually impressive start. Consider this: that I didn't expect this team to start off this well. 
considering how banged up they still were coming off from last season's Stanley Cup Finals, and that, hey, they understood that they want to have to start all over, start from the bottom, and then rise their way, work their way to the top. And so far, so good through the first 10 games, 7-1-2. and two. Another big one tonight against the New York Rangers at 7 o'clock, as mentioned. And then they return home for, for two for two pretty good games. One of them against the San Jose Sharks, although they have struggled in the Western Conference so far this season, but, I mean, it's only 11 games in. I mean, at, it's, at some point, these top teams, they're, go, they're going to they're gonna figure it out. I expect them to figure it out, and then, you know, everything else will even itself out. And then as well, after the Sharks on Tuesday, they have a game at the Garden Saturday, November 2nd against Ottawa. So that's going to be two two important home games and so forth as we now begin to shift into November. And so far, so good. You know, the concern still remains secondary scoring. But you know what? You got to admit, the call-up of Anders York for the Bruins has worked out perfectly so far. And in both instances that Anders York had been called up, Anders York has scored. And actually, he scored last night for his first goal of the season. And if he can continue to rehab from shoulder surgery, I think his addition into the lineup can pay a huge dividend for a team that is basically feast and famine from that top lane. That top line, rather. Excuse me. So that in itself is going to be really interesting to, to watch and keep an eye on if he can continue to play good hockey, in, you know, like contribute offensively and what and, and whatnot. But coming up next, I want to talk a little baseball because, frankly, Listen, baseball season is not over yet, but we have a new series now. Now that the World Series is tied up at two games apiece, and all of the thoughts of the Nationals winning the World Series in four or five games, that's all officially gone now. So we're going to talk some World Series coming up in just a moment. You know, it's only it's only fair. It's only right. <laughs> but nevertheless, when we return, we're going to talk World Series and take your phone calls at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. You're listening to the Shipley Wright Show. This is Shipley Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM. WMFO Medford, Tufts Reform Radio.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO Medford, Tufts Freeform Radio. We're going to play for you a PSA as brought to you by WMFO. So stay tuned. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? 
Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet. Fingerling. Yukon oh, Gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO Medford, Tufts Freeform Radio. We're going to talk about the World Series because, let's face it, this World Series, I know the Red Sox are not involved, so why do I care? But for me personally, it's not the attitude that I carry. It's the attitude that I have as a baseball fan. I still watch the World Series, and I, I do admit, I do. And... I think that if you are one that pays particular attention to the World Series, whoever is playing in it, whether if it's your team or not, you got to admit that this World Series at one point was thought to be a foregone conclusion. I admit I, I, I was allowing my mind to wander to that point. It's now become an epic World Series. Because let's face it, the Nationals took they took game one and game two in Houston against the Astros, and they returned back home to Washington, leading 2-0. But in a span of, let's say, 48 hours, they've gone from leading 2-0 to now trailing. So not trailing, but, but now the series being tied up at 2-2. Amazing. Amazing for this for this factor here. Number one, it really goes to show you that, hey, after everything that we saw in Houston, the Astros not, not able to get themselves right. Everything had gone wrong for the for the Astros. Offensively, they're not hitting with runs run scoring position. And everything had gone right for the Nationals in Houston. Pitching coming through, timely hitting, and so forth. But games three and four, including last night, all of that became the reversal for both teams. The Astros, they were finally getting the pitching, and they had a terrific bullpen game last night with Jose Urquidy being the opener against Patrick Corbin and so forth. Um, I gotta admit, it's now the Astros that have seemingly gotten their swagger back. Yet, unfortunately, the Nationals—they're now struggling. They are struggling to get hits. The offense is suddenly—they're—they're they're not hitting, which that was the case in Houston. But now, all of a sudden, 
the offense that was once a trademark in this World Series has now become a concern due to the first two games at home, games three and four. So allow me to say for this particular point here, there's two ways you could look at tonight's game five, which will be on Fox. One way you can look at it is, wow, the Astros, they are on the verge of pulling something that no team since 1996, and that was the New York Yankees, have done. Lose the first two games at home of the World Series and then go on the road and win all three games on the road to bring it back home for game six. No team in baseball has done that since the 1996 Yankees. Houston is on that kind of roll right now based on what has happened in games three and four. And that's why tonight's game five, I will admit, will absolutely be must-watch TV. Because here's what's happening now. Now, the pitching rotation, everybody is back, is back well-rested. So here's what's going to end up happening pitching-wise. So game five matchup for the Astros and Nationals. You got, the, you got Garrett Cole starting for the Astros in Game 5 tonight in Washington. And you got the Nationals. They're starting Max Scherzer for Game 5. Both will be back on full rest. And then Game 6, when the series shifts to Houston for Tuesday, you have Steven Strasburg going on the mound for the Washington Nationals and Justin Verlander starting for the Astros. And in Game 7, as we all know, anything can happen. Anything goes. So when I tell you that this this World Series, it was once thought to be a foregone conclusion, not anymore. Now it's become a best of three. And everything that we thought that was going to happen kind of did happen, but also didn't really come to full fruition. Now, depending on which team you're rooting for, whether it's the Astros or the Nationals, now the pressure is really on. You play four games, you're tied. You know what the other team's strengths and weaknesses are. Now it's a matter of execution. And this is where, if you're the Nationals, the concern comes in. The concern comes in when you consider that, when you consider the following. You consider this. The Nationals, starting pitching the first two games, have done the job. The bullpen has held up. It was a concern coming into the World Series, but at this point, it's gotten exposed. It has absolutely gotten exposed, and what's frustrating, if you're a Nationals fan, is that you're at a point now where the bullpen is reeling. The starting pitching hasn't, it, it didn't do its job. In games three and four, where you had Sanchez and, sorry, Anibal Sanchez and Patrick Corbin. And now it's up to Max Scherzer in Strasburg to turn the tide around. But if you're Houston, you got to be thinking the following. Hmm. We got Garrett Cole tonight, who has been outstanding in this postseason, but did not look good in game one. 
and then you have game, Justin Verlander in Game Six. So if I were you, if I was a baseball fan, this has now become a toss up. Anything can happen tonight, but now this series, which in the first two games it lacked it lacked drama, now this is where the real fun begins. And this is where you're going to start to see the best of October, especially in these final two, hopefully three games of this fall classic. Coming up next, we're going to have final thoughts to wrap up the show. And we gotta, I'm going to mention a, a part of the final thoughts. I got to talk about the Celtics. You know, NBA season's underway. The Celtics played last night. They got a big win in New York. I'll briefly talk about that. And much more coming up next on the Shukri Wright Show. This is Shukri Wright. And you're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO Medford Tufts Freeform Radio. I'll try to pass the night away with somebody new. But they don't have a shower and I compare them to you. It's too late. Too late.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO Medford, Trust Reform Radio. And we are going to start with final thoughts. We got about, about a few more minutes left in the, in the show before we turn over the mic. And one thing that I want to talk about in the final thoughts, and I got to talk about the Celtics. Especially in these last two games, the Celtics, after floundering badly in Philadelphia on Wednesday night, they've looked good in his last couple of games. Friday night against the Toronto Raptors defending NBA champions, and as well as last night playing against a New York Knicks team that's really not expected to do much of anything this season. Let's keep it all the way up a buck. But... Nevertheless, Kimball Walker last night was just terrific. Yet again, in a building in which that he really set ablaze figuratively eight years ago when he was playing at UConn in that Big East tournament. I think we all remember that pretty well if you're a college basketball fan. So last night he had 32 points and the Celtics win when they, where they won 118 to 95. And I'll tell you one thing. I will I will say that, you know, it's three games in, so I'm not going to get overly excited or down on the team. It's only been three games. But what I will admit is that, you know, Kimball Walker at times has admitted that he has struggled to find his offensive rhythm, and I knew that was going to happen. You know, you know he's, it was going to take a few, a few regular season games, you know, to find his rhythm offensively. But when he does, he's going to be a pretty good and a pretty good and important piece offensively for the Celtics uh, moving forward if they are going to contend in the East. And, you know, one thing I will say is that in the, in the two games so far, he has he's only made 12 shots out of 40 attempts. It's only 30 percent from the field. And he's forcing, he's forcing the issue. He's forcing things on the offensive end, which you, you just can't happen. You just, it just can't happen. And, you know, this isn't a, a get down on Kimball Walker or he's struggling and he's no good. It's just a matter of finding his fit. And I think he will. The season is only three games young. So I'm not worried about it. They got the W last night. And I really believe that this team which was listed among the top eight, nine teams that can seriously contend for for an NBA championship this season, I think they can. But it's only three games in. I'm not worried about it. The next game is going to be, it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be a rematch of that second round playoff exit from last spring. They're going to be in Milwaukee on Wednesday night, taking on the Bucks. So that game is going to be fun to watch. And frankly, one thing that I, I'm already keeping my eye out on is how this new look offense minus Al Horford is going to continue to evolve. Because the reality is this. They miss Al Horford. And I, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> They miss Al Horford because that half-court offense 
is one thing that they have certainly lacked in these last in these first three games of the season so far. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. So, one thing with the Celtics, I am going to continue to to look on and, and to observe is that they, if they can continue to get better on the offensive boards, rebounding, defensive rebounding, offensive rebounding. Because that because if that was one thing that they were they were pretty solid at when Al Horford was here. That was it. That was completely it. I want to thank those who tuned in today to the Shukri Wright Show. I'll be back on on Saturday, regular time, 5 p.m. Eastern, 91.5 WMFO. And coming up next, we are, I'm going to tell you who's coming on next just in just a moment. Um, we're going to pull up the schedule, actually. Uh, schedule, 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 schedule. Aha. Uh-huh. So coming up next, we're going to have Dead Air. Dead Air, um, which, oh, with, with, um, with, with John Vieve, John Vieve, why? Um, it looks like, looks like, um, it's, there's going to be a fill-in. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for everyone who tuned in today. And thank you again for for um, for um for, for tuning on a, on a rainy Sunday, making this show part of your day. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO Medford, Touch Reform Radio, and I'll see everybody next week. Thank you.